What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk. I'm Bo, and I am so very excited today. We've got a wonderful interview uh, with SJ and Ted from the DC Universe Online team. Yeah, we had a great discussion with these guys, talking the game and then also the upcoming Flash coming to Legends. This is going to be a really, really wonderful discussion. If you have ever played DC Universe Online, you are going to get just so geeked out and hyped with us. And if you haven't, this is a wonderful opportunity to learn more about this immersive experience that brings you into the DC Universe. So without further ado, let's jump into our interview with SJ and Ted from DC Universe Online. On the line with us right now, we are so extremely honored and excited to have these folks. We've got S.J. Miller, who's Associate Creative Director for DC Universe Online. S.J., welcome to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. We also have with you uh, Ted Stone, who's the DC Universe Online's Community Manager. Hello. We're really excited about this because we are both big gamers, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the game today. But first, we want to get to know you guys a little bit. So tell us, what came first, your love for video games or your love for superheroes? That is probably the hardest question you're going to ever ask me. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine a time in my life when I w- didn't love either of those things or wasn't actively into both of those things. So the one thing that I thought of when I when when you said that was uh the Batman game for Nintendo. It's like <laughs> wow. so old and ridiculous, but I loved that game so much as a kid. Despite, you know, I'm like this is so cool. Batman can jump up the walls despite that never happening in any comic book ever. I still <laughs> love this. I don't know why, but I don't really know. I love both equally, which is probably why I'm here on this game. Yeah. Uh for myself, I had that same dilemma. It's just I mean, love of superheroes and games goes back to before you remember being a person. Um, <laughs> right? But uh, I, I think I got it. It had to be superheroes. You know, you just I remember watching Batman and like 1989 Batman mm. and and Superman just at a very early age, which, which I think maybe predated gaming for me. Well, so speaking of, uh, you know, comics and whatnot, what was the first comic that really pulled you guys into uh, the comic fandom. That's an, I had older sisters that loved comic books. Mm. So it's like, I don't even remember the first comic I read. I do know that she had stacks and stacks of Teen Titans. Cause this is like the peak Marv Wolfman era of Teen Titans when they were like, I don't know, really breaking a lot of barriers. I remember jumping into those and reading them and, you know, I'm a kid, but really surprised at how like frank and honest they were about yeah. like being a teenager instead of like, you know, the Archie comics. Mm, right. Right. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I came to comic books later. Um, that wasn't, 
I mean, I, I, I had some comic books and I remember, um, you know, Death of Superman, like very vividly at a very young age. But I think what really brought me to comics was, uh, Michael Turner's run on Batman, Batman slash, I don't remember what it was. When it was. Uh, Superman, Batman, Superman, Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember with the, the Supergirl story arc and just that art right. being away. Yeah, that was the really good. One. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of the rebirth of World's Finest. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's a fun. Actually, I remember back in the day when Bell uh, got that run and I would come to his college dorm room and read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was an excellent run. So uh, l- let me ask you this, though. Does that translate at all to kind of your favorite superheroes today? Hmm. If you had to choose one. Oh, man, there's two that really compete for me. And it's because one's a childhood thing and the other one's a more recent character and it's Batgirl and Batwoman. Mm. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, people ask me to choose. I can't. It's like my two children. You know, I can't yeah. pick one over the other, well, but I adore both of them. Barbara and Cassie or, or which one specifically? Uh, Barbara um, and Oracle. I love her as Oracle as well. Yeah. And um, Kate, Kane, of course, Batwoman. Yeah. What about uh, you too? My answer is similar. I also love Batgirl way more than I should. Um, <laughs> and Barbara and Stephanie, I, I really. Yeah, Stephanie's great. Uh, miss Stephanie as Batgirl. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I got to say Batman, though, just just to be honest, like he's everybody's favorite, but he's my favorite, too. It's very bat themed. <laughs> you know, I I love Batman. Clearly, I'm like wearing a Batman bracelet right now. But I almost sense like I get a sense of he's for me. He's almost more a uh, setting, and I really mm. appreciate the characters around him because yeah. he'd actually yeah. be a really you know scary dude to know in real life. But sure. a lot of yeah. social issues and, and some of the incarnations <laughs> of him are just terrifying. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, a, a lot of people really look at what you guys do uh, in your respective roles, and they would describe them as, as dream jobs. Uh, but I'm curious to know, uh, you know, superhero stuff aside, uh, how did you guys break into the gaming industry for your full time career? Oh, that question again. <laughs> yeah, we, we get that one a lot. But oh, um, you. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, on your bad days, yeah. <laughs> you're you like, know. this is a dream. This is a dream. I'm reminding myself it's a dream. Right, right. But no, it, but it is a dream job, I think, for both of us. Yeah, it really can be. Um, like, for example, you know, I never thought that James Marsters would sing Happy Birthday to me. Oh, you know, my gosh. Kind of thing, <laughs> wow. Know? So the people we get to meet and work with is incredible. Um, the brand that we're you know working on is amazing. Like you're saying, it's like Batman. I don't even remember a time when I didn't know Batman and Superman. It's like they were like weird uncles, you know, from <laughs> my childhood. I've never not known them. Um, I actually started out studying film in school, and um, I happened to uh, grew up in Austin, and we just so happened to have this studio here. And uh, I didn't actually get into the studio right away, but I, I got in. Um, someone who worked here recommended me to another studio in Austin. So really, what it boils down to is moving to where the studios are, because right. you're never going to get a job in like you know the middle of Kansas. Shemuligan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess just I worked up through the trenches. I started out in QA, like um, a lot of my contemporaries did. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I worked with back then that aren't in the industry anymore or are still in QA. But it is it is a method if you're willing to bust your butt mm-hmm, and work absolutely. really hard. You can climb up. Yeah, my path is a little bit different. Um, I, I I tell people I won the lottery to, to get my <laughs> job because it feels, it feels like it does sometimes. Um, I studied creative writing in school and, and taught, uh, middle school and high school for a little bit. Um, and just, uh, a long time EverQuest player, you know, I EverQuest kind of defined my life for a lot of things. One of our other, one of Daybird's other games. Um, 
And there was a you know posting on the forums for the game that they're hiring a community manager. I was like, well, why not? Here you go. And <laughs> there was a small studio in, in Tucson, Arizona, where I happened to be um, for for uh, then Sony Online. And uh, one thing led to another, and here I am. Um, I think they got like a hundred job applications like on right. day one and took the post down. So it's like good thing I checked the forums that day. <laughs> oh, you wow. know. And yeah, the rest yeah. is kind of history. It, it's a lot of persistence too. Um, like years and years ago when this project first started out, I applied to like a writer position. Totally mm-hmm. didn't even get a call back, you know, but I didn't give up. I worked up through other channels and now I'm a creative director on the game. So yeah, just sticking with it. Well, that's great. Well, look, let's let's dive into the game itself. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. Uh, but first, for listeners who are not really familiar with DC Universe Online, if, if perhaps for some reason they've been living under a rock, go <laughs> ahead, give kind of a, a high level. What is the experience of DC Universe Online? What is it all about? I would say it's really all in the name. You know, the experience that we wanted to create is be- becoming a hero or a villain within the DC Universe. Um, you're creating your own character of your own design. You're not, you're not jumping in as, you know, Aquaman or whatever, um, at least not most of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there is are, legends. There are exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what's really, we wanted people to be able to take part in the most iconic moments, stuff they've seen, uh, either in the comics or they've experienced through the mini cartoon shows, but it's just really about making your own mark in that mm-hmm. world. It's like that thing we used to do when we were kids and we'd like imagine what kind of powers we would have and who would we hang out with Batman, you know, stuff like <laughs> that. And, and giving people the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's the world. Uh, if you want to walk the streets of Metropolis or walk the streets of Gotham or patrol the streets of Gotham, you know, right. this is the actual world you can step into and ride alongside all your, you know, childhood heroic mentors and stuff. You know, this is, this is where you can do that for real. Yeah, I think one of the most moving things was that a fan's ever said to me is it was a grown man, and he said when he was in the tutorial and he heard he saw Superman, he cried. <laughs> like <laughs> Superman came to help him out, and he just cried playing the game. Course, yeah. That's a big moment. That whole, uh, you know, when you first load up and create your, your character and you're fighting through Brainiac's uh, prison, um, <clears throat> you, you think that, like, yeah, all right, well, it's going to be a while before I actually get to interact with some of the bigger-name heroes. I'll probably hang out with you know, Booster Gold's second cousin for a while or something like that. (laughs) But no, it's Superman who busts through and actually breaks you out, or Lex Luthor if you're on the villain side. And so that you feel very much part of the universe. And one of the things y'all have been able to accomplish, I think, really, really well, is you also feel very powerful from the first moment you jump in. And it's, you know, there's a progression system, of course, but it's not like, you know, you, you feel like a hero. You feel powerful. Yeah, I think it's 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 very visceral, and that kind of speaks to the the game side of the world, the the action combat system we have, you know, it's it's intense. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, it's it, it really it really does match, you know, someone who's trying to wrestle with new powers, new superpowers. Yeah. Um while while you're trying to play, there's there's really never a dull moment and it's all driven by you know, every action you take. Yeah. Well, SJ, you touched on this a little bit, but it's very clear that the entirety of the DC multiverse that came before is really kind of a, a point through which most of the DC universe online 
uh, has drawn a lot of its inspiration. And I know for me in particular, the cartoon element is is pretty big. Like I loved when the first time I went up to the Justice League uh, Watchtower and it just felt very much like the Watchtower from Justice League Unlimited. And then, you know, the, the Legion of Doom is actually in the swamp. When I first realized that the Legion of Doom headquarters and I looked out the window and realized I was underwater, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the Darth Vader helmet. <laughs> We're actually in it. So I'm kind of curious, what would you say are kind of some of the major inspirations for, you know, that laid the groundwork for the online universe and both story and then also the characterizations of, you know, the, the heroes and villains themselves. I, I think what it really is, is we wanted to create the like most iconic, idyllic version of the DC universe. It's mm-hmm. not, if it's any one thing, it's, it's inspired by the comics, particularly Jim Lee's style. Yeah. But tonally, we want it to be when you close your eyes and you think of Superman or you think of Batman, just in general, that's what we wanted to make a game about. Not any one particular version, just like the most iconic version of those characters. And I mean, many of the stories were, were from, the, especially from the launch game, are from about, I guess, 2006 to 2010, a lot of the Blackest Night and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we're open to exploring other things now that we, we've got our, you know, our, basically our baseline. You know, we've got this iconic ideal version of it. It's been it's been so great for me personally because it, it's kind of allowed me to, to hold on to the classic heroic mm-hmm. characters that I've known from the DC universe, despite all of the, the changes that have gone on in the comics. And, of course, some of which those changes have been really, really great for the comics overall in DC. And, of course, what I'm referring to is the post-Flashpoint universe after the New 52 came and, and remade a lot of these characters, modernized them, and uh, and changed a lot of them in a lot of unique ways. Was there ever pressure or thought to possibly doing the same thing with the online universe and actually going in a kind of a, a Flashpoint-like reboot to match what was going on in the comics? That's an interesting question. I mean, the thought was definitely there because it's like, wow, that just happened. You know, yeah, <laughs> Here yeah. we, we just release our game and suddenly there's this major you know, turning point in the universe and the comic books. Um, but to be honest, it was pretty much prohibitively expensive at that point. We had so many assets right. and so many storylines that were, you know, it wouldn't just be like, oh, just make it the new 52 outfit. Well, it's not, you know, that's not even the same Wonder Woman. She has a completely different origin story in our right. game than she does in the, in the new stories. But that doesn't mean that we haven't explored it a little bit like we have some gear suits that are uh, basically inspired by the new 52 redesigns and um uh, you know there's uh tie-ins like bombshells and other things that i can't tell you about or (laughs) (laughs) oh come on ted would kill me if i said it they're listening (laughs) (laughs) they're always listening (laughs) but yeah a lot of people ask that question in the community you know are you going to do this um wouldn't that make you you know kind of relevant with what's going on but the reality is, like like SJ said, we don't exist in the pre-Flashpoint universe right. either, mm-hmm. right? We're our own idealized thing. So we can pull in moments of new stuff when it fits and really just continue doing what we, we've done before as well. And I think that's been actually a great strength of the game mm-hmm. is that, like you said, you can find the characters you grew up with um, more the idealized version, not not whatever has just most recently happened to them in the comics or movies or whatever. Yeah, and in our... In our universe, which is, you know, a totally, you know, legit multiverse universe, um, there's the whole concept of exabytes and the players. You know, they're in our universe, they're canon. Right. Right. And, I mean, it's worth pointing out, in our universe, uh, the the origin storyline, like, the what sets it up is basically everybody dies, you know, in a <laughs> right. horrible, horrible future. 
Um, so, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're just off on our own. Which that comic, by the way, the, the setup comic that kind of explained that and, you know, <laughs> showed you how you got, you know, Android Lex Luthor and everything else is a fantastic, were y'all involved at all with uh, that tie-in? Not a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they kind of, they kind of, you know, pre-launch there was, you know, some, a little bit of collaboration and stuff sure. there, but we kind of, we made sure that what they wanted to do didn't necessarily impact our game or right. our game design because, right. you know, we, we have to do what's best for our players versus what makes a cool comic book. So, <laughs> Well, I love the way that y'all have set it up. And like I said, the, the, this idea of kind of the idealized version that y'all are talking about, the, the ability for you guys within the online universe to kind of curate the best and, and most, um, not not to downplay other storylines, but but really some of the most iconic and enjoyable storylines, and put the player directly into it. Just uh, as someone who has enjoyed the game for a couple of years now, I, I just am very thankful for that, especially in a post New Fifty Two world. No, not to you. bash the New Fifty Two, <laughs> don't misinterpret, but I do Gosh, love it. That opening cinematic is just amazing. Yeah, like it, yeah. It, just, it just grips you, and you're like, okay, I want to play this game now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every year, so I have to go watch it again. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting though. You know, talking about story, a lot of story has taken place in in your universe in the game, uh, and I would imagine that the the challenge of any MMORPG is to balance a lot of those uh, a lot of the new story content for your existing players along with you know, the, the onboarding process for a lot of the new new players and whatnot. Uh, so, so what has been y'all's philosophy uh, to ensure the fluid story progression for both existing players and new players? Persistent worlds are tricky. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, because what I think of immediately when you ask that is, like, the bottles are still there. We we beat Brainiac. Why are the bottles still there? Well, aside from the fact that nobody ever really beats Brainiac, right, he's always right. going to come back. He always downloaded or uploaded or did something somewhere else, but... We have to preserve that, like you said, that entry into the game, that that person who's experiencing it for the first time tomorrow kind of thing. Now, we did go back um, when we launched on PlayStation 4. Um, we smoothed out some of the stories, made them connect better. There, there were a couple spots where you'd be like, I'm not sure where to go next. You know, So we made sure that they connected. So if you needed to go to the next area, you would immediately know you needed to go there. So we did... We do go back and try to make sure that nobody's falling off anywhere, but we do, you know, need to focus on um, what's coming up next. Yeah, one of the, um, I mean, it's a great thing, but it's also kind of a chaotic thing is we don't have really one storyline beyond like the very start launch storyline. You know, we've got like 50 different storylines going with all sorts of different characters. You know, it's not just Batman and Superman, it's the whole universe. As we're creating new content that's extending the storyline, extending the game for our, you know, coming up on five years of, of people who are playing the game, that's an opportunity to keep things going. And obviously anyone coming in new has all that content ahead of them. But we do also have events, seasonal events, right. you know, legends events, um, all these things that's kind of level agnostic so that a new player can jump right in and see something new pretty frequently uh, on their own. And that's always cool too when you're in a starting zone and there's some big event and then you see a bunch of like, you know, max level players come in and you, you get to participate with them. It well, just feels kind of. The first time that I saw Bizarro and I was like, this is amazing. And I was like level <laughs> seven or something. <laughs> and then I was quickly. Well, well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned the PS4 earlier. And so that, it's kind of interesting, though, that you support two platforms with, you know, the PC and the PS4. Uh, and, and, and I'm wondering, uh, do you see any sort of, you know, if there's that internet meme animosity between the quote console peasants and the quote pc master race <laughs> oh you went there all right sure yeah you know i, ha- I had to go there right i had to go there uh, yeah. uh, i i myself i I'm, I'm a console player uh and i i play pc games as well so i kind of you know 
dabble in both worlds, but uh, do you, do you see, I mean, is it, is it different, you know, managing, you know, the community between the PC players and the, and the, and the, and the console players? I mean, like, do you see the, any sort of uh, animosity between players and things like that? Or, or is it, is everybody generally kind of, uh, you know, easygoing and, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, it's the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, the, the, we actually, especially early on manage the two communities very differently because they're coming from very different places. Right. Um, if you ask most of our PC players, I think most of them would say they'd played a massively multiplayer online game before. Right. If you ask our console players that, They'd say, "What are those yeah, words God. you're saying?" I don't right. know what they are. More um, perjure. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's LFG mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, like all of the basics from an MMO gamer that you kind of expect to have, and I think we expected to have because we played games. I mean, it's mm-hmm. our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the console gamers just didn't have, so it was a big education process, and their expectations were very different. Um, and and originally, we kind of kept the two communities a little bit segregated so that we could address the messaging properly for each one um, over time that's that you know people learn quickly and then all of a sudden they're moving on to you know oh i want to play every mmo out there and that kind of thing and it's awesome that they say oh that dco was our first one you know <laughs> that actually means a lot to me when i when i yeah. hear that and people come back after the years um and nowadays it's it's more uh everyone's one giant family at this point um there's still a bit of animosity sometimes because it's the internet Right. Um, and, uh, but, but there's, it's, it's really, everyone's kind of on the same page now and it, it definitely helps. Our game was designed from the start for PlayStation three and PC. It's not like we added console at the end or we added PC at the end or anything like right. that. Right. We obviously launched on PlayStation four later on cause it came out later on. Um, but it, the whole community just moved over and everything transferred seamlessly. So, um, it, it really wasn't a, a big deal except we had a lot more players checking us out at that point too. Well, and that was really great because for me, I had always had a Mac and an Xbox. And so I remember when DCO first came out, I was kind of like waiting on bated breath. All right, all right when's it going to be available for Mac? When's it going to be available for Xbox? And it never came during that time. And so <laughs> yeah. when actually the console, the most recent console war happened, I actually very specifically got a PlayStation 4 because I wanted to play DCUO. And, uh, like on day, that was a big benefit of actually the PlayStation 4. On day one, you could download DCUO and start playing immediately. And that's exactly what I did for like a couple weeks solid. Yeah, the team team busted their asses for that. (laughs) That, uh, My hat goes off to them. Thank thank them for me because they've done a wonderful (laughs) job. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's so much fun. Like these games, uh, City of Heroes, City of Villains, DC Universe Online, just to create and progress with your own unique hero and villain. Um, but from what I understand, Legends is supposed to take things, you know, to the next level. For our listeners who might be unfamiliar with Legends, can you kind of uh, just give us a rundown, pun intended, uh, <laughs> of the Legends experience? Legends uh, is, like I said earlier, you make your own character, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, you do it <laughs> for most of the game. But there are certain parts of the game um, where you play as Legends characters, which is the iconic characters from the books and uh, movies. Now, it's not all of them. There's a limited roster. It's it's pretty big now it's 40 plus at this point yeah we've got a lot we've got it's almost embarrassing if some of the major characters aren't on there yeah (laughs) just be a tragedy Um, but anyway you can it started out just pvp um you know we designed the characters very specific gave them very iconic very powers that that really represented who they were it's a loadout that you you don't get to change It's, it's very even footing and um it was only in pvp in certain maps um but 
fairly recently. It's been about a year or so. Has it been a year? In the last year, I think. Yeah, within the last year, we were able to start uh, another mode called Legends PvE, where we take select maps, rework them to work with those Legends characters, so now anybody can jump in. Because, you know, some people don't really like PvP, but they really wanted to play as Superman or Wonder Woman. Right, right. Um, so now they have a mode where they can actually do that and play some of the cooler content that we've created for regular characters as these characters, which was pretty exciting to finally get that online. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and that's the beautiful thing about Legends is, is you know, you, you touched on it earlier, but you can kind of jump in and get behind these characters, even if you're, you know, a low-level character, if you're maxed out with the latest gear. It doesn't matter. It, it gives you the opportunity to see a lot of new content and also just get behind, you know, the, the eyes of some of your favorite heroes with those iconic powers. Uh, I mean, you've guys, you've got Wonder Woman, you've got Batman, you've got Superman. Uh, Batman was actually the first Legends character that I played as. I'm sure that's probably true of a lot of people. Um, and you know, you've got various lanterns, some of the, even the most obscure lanterns out there, which is pretty great. You're not a big Amonsur fan? What? Well, no, don't, no, don't get me wrong. I'm all about Amonsur and, uh, you know, the Kyle Rayner wielding both a blue and a green, green ring, which is pretty sweet. But pretty, it seems sweet. like they're, uh, you, you've been missing the fastest man alive. <laughs> that's, that's true. So well, some would I mean, ask. You know Barry. If he's the fastest man alive, what's taking him so long to get to Legends? Because he's Barry. He's always late, yeah, right? That's <laughs> Don't he's help them, Bell. Is he saving a busload of nuns somewhere? Like that. <laughs> uh, that's true. All right, but... <laughs> So this, it, it is really exciting because uh, you guys, I don't want to bury the lead here, but you guys are in the works to have the Flash to come to Legends. Is this correct? That is correct. So the question yeah. on everybody's mind is, uh, how much longer are we going to have to wait on the Flash? <laughs> well, you know, you never know for sure, right? Uh, but we are aiming to get Flash. He's actually on our test server now. People can play as him, test him out. Uh, we're working to get him to uh, a live release date. But we're aiming for October 7th, which is the day after the season premiere for uh, the TV show. Wonderful. Yeah, and in all seriousness, we've actually wanted to do The Flash for years. It's just we've only recently gotten enough tech developed to where we could actually, like, legitimately feel like the fastest man alive. There's a lot of, like... Uh, moving so quickly that you literally blink through, you know, the space and end up behind your enemy and stuff like that, which we simply just oh. couldn't do before. And now we can. We can actually make you feel like the Flash. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I, I definitely understand, especially with kind of the content uh, releases that y'all have had. You know, a lot of what you've done with the War of the Light has been very Lantern specific. And so you do have kind of this abundance of Lantern characters, you know, that are less connected kind of with your more traditional Justice Leaguers. But, you know, I was kind of curious, is you know, despite y'all wanting to have done this, is the rise of the television show, has that kind of helped move that along as well? You know, I wish I could say yes, but I I think there was a huge desire just from the beginning to have Flash. And I mean, Legends started off as just that family, actually, at right. launch, if, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty close. I don't think we had really any. And, and mm-hmm. we quickly added like a Superman and, mm-hmm. and then expanded into Krypton. And then because of some content we're doing, I think we went to Lanterns and... um and then here and there, you know, people fell into place. And and one one concern was, you know, we just didn't have the ability to do him the right way. There was just a lot of characters out there. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think because and I mean, our second DLC pack was was Flash focused. Mm-hmm. Our second new superpower in the game is is somewhat Flash related. Electricity, right? Lightning strikes. Uh, it, all the all the Central City content, all that stuff. Um, you know, so Flash has been in the game since forever. But Flash for Legends, mm-hmm. playable specifically, that's just been a, a longer route. But it's awesome that the TV show is so popular and has come at this great time because now we can do all this cool stuff and it's like the stars have aligned. Nice. 
And it's an even broader audience. I mean, Flash has always been a fan favorite, but now he's like mainstream in your living room every week. Well, you mentioned the Lightning Strikes DLC, and uh, we've seen the Flash Museum from outside and you've even gone underneath it. But now we're finally getting an opportunity to go into the Flash Museum. So so can you tell us a little bit about the Flash Museum burglary? Uh, This is might be one of my favorite things we've ever done because I, just like the players, I wanted to go inside the museum so badly. It just didn't work out Such at the time. Such a tease. Such a tease. I know. Tease. It's like five years in the making here <laughs> to get inside that building. And it to me, it's it's one of our most like comic book-like experiences. Mm. It's not like a cataclysmic universal event. It's the rogues and, you know, and in this case, the League of Assassins are basically doing a heist at the Flash Museum. That just wow. screams like Justice League cartoon show to me. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a burglary, not the end of the world. Yeah, and right, right. A, this is actually really interesting to me because the villain side of the story to me is more interesting than the hero side hmm. because you get to see Green Arrow and there's a cute little comical exchange between the Flash and Green Arrow that you don't see on the hero side. So, hey, villains. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, so the Flashman Museum burglary is in episode 17, which is also, uh, if things go according to plan, coming out October 7th as well. Wonderful. Can you give us a tease? You know, I would imagine throughout there, there's got to be a ton of Easter eggs. Yep. there There's a couple in there. There's, um... If somebody wanted to work out in a cosmic kind of way, would they be able to? <laughs> There's so many paradoxes and all sorts of things going on in that in that place. Um, but uh, I leave that for people to debate on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, so, you know, the wonderful thing is everything's been, like you said, kind of coming together in a beautiful way with the television show lining up with the release of, of this particular uh, event and then also the Flash coming to Legends himself. Y'all also have a sweepstakes going on for the next couple of days. Would you tell our listeners about what that is and how they can get involved? Sure, absolutely. So if you go to our Twitter account at DCO, you'll see a bunch of spam about the sweepstakes. I'm sure, um, but we're asking players or new players, um, what would you steal from the Flash Museum if 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 you were a villain or if you are a villain? Um, obviously, in in the content coming up, there's uh, a very specific item everyone's after. But what would you steal? Um, and you tell us that with the hashtag Flash Legends promo. Um, you are entered to win a, a version of the Legends character. So you don't have to get him in the marketplace or earn him in game. Just bam, you got him uh, when he when he releases. Nice. So I, I we have to ask you guys, what, what, what would you steal? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, wow. S, SJ has like a, a Christmas list, right? <laughs> I would steal nothing because I'm a hero. Oh, oh good answer. How about, how about answer? <laughs> I, I would honestly, I don't know what I would steal in, you know, kind of the comic universe question. I'm not even sure what is actually really in the museum beyond the, you know, the kind of headline things. Um, but I would absolutely steal that fire poster. I actually was thinking the same thing. The I was like the cloud <laughs> thing on the yeah. wall there's like so many amazing environment art effects on the wall like yeah the, the the art team went nuts with this new environment and <laughs> oh, that's awesome i would take some of that stuff home with me bell i think i if, if i got one side you get the other side of the cosmic treadmill right that's probably what we would walk out there with <laughs> can't be that heavy right? yeah no i mean yeah, de- yeah yeah depends on which version of the cosmic treadmill it is i suppose because yeah. it's the one that could dis- like disappoint you but the one in the upstairs museum is just a replica Sorry. Uh, well, yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just keep running faster. It might work. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to stop you. <laughs> inspiration. Well, hey, last question. We always ask our guests this. Uh, if you could have one superpower yourself, what would it be? And uh, Ted, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off? Gosh, that's a, that's a good question. 
I think it would just be flight. I don't I don't like falling. I don't like heights. I don't like flying in planes. I want to just not have to worry about it because I can fly myself. I hope you have like wind resistant skin or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so good. I'll, I'll See, I was going to ask <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, I was going to say it's so hard for me, but it's it's pretty specific kind of makeup. Is I've always been drawn to the super strength slash invulnerability kind right. of thing, which is kind of funny since I'm all like Batman. Oh my god! Right. But, not that. Um, that's actually um. There's a particular character who could absorb powers from other people who was also very strong and invulnerable. And I really thought that that was the coolest power set. And I loved how she was like the tank for the team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm definitely going to go with the, the like brawler, you know, super strong thing. Are we not saying her name because she's with a different company? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get my hands slapped. Yeah, Fair I'm enough. St- kind of staring at it right now. Fair enough. Well, guys, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Like I said, me personally, I've enjoyed the game ever since I got the PlayStation 4. And I remember just the first time after I broke out of uh, Brainiac's prison and took to the skies flying around in Metropolis was a, was a magical moment. So uh, you guys, y'all's team there, they've done an amazing job. And uh, I hope our listeners, if they're tuning in, if this is the first time they've really kind of gotten a chance to, to spend some quality time learning more about this game, hopefully they'll, they'll run out, they'll check it out for themselves because it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for playing and thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for having us. Any speculations, last minute speculations as far as season two of The Flash you want to throw in real quick? They always fool me. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that my guesses might actually be something that I've heard from DC and then I would get. Well, <laughs> well then. Like, Wait a second. <laughs> that sounds oddly familiar. Yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta have you on the show a little bit more, SJ. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to trip me up. Fair enough. Look again, thank y'all so much and, and y'all have a wonderful evening. We want to thank both SJ and Ted for joining us. This was a great, great interview, and we were so honored to have them on the show. Like we said, if you haven't checked out DC Universe Online, this is a great time to do it. Those legends in particular are so great to jump in and do some extremely fun content, even if you're not highest level or anything like that. You can still jump in and have a lot of fun. So check them out, DC Universe Online. And hey, if you play on the PlayStation servers, let me know, because my character is on there. I've been playing a lot lately, and I would love to uh, jump on we could team up who knows maybe we could have a league based off the podcast i don't know something to think about if this is your first time tuning in flash tv talk is a podcast that is dedicated to the flash television series on the cw next week we will be back talking about the beginning of season two so we hope you subscribe to us on itunes or the satchel podcast player for android and check out next week's episode you can find all of our contact information and more at flash tv talk.com until next time we'll be back in a flash <laughs>